Everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Poker Action Line. Tonight's show is going to be a little bit different from the usual show as I'm putting it together out in Las Vegas at the Rio for the 2016 World Series of Poker. As I'm taping some of this, we're in the early portion of the tournament. We're going to give you a little bit of an update on day one, which was three sessions on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, days 1A, B, and C. And then we'll take a look at day two a little later in the show. We'll also uh, update a couple of late results that I wanted to talk about from the tournament, some uh, pre-main event uh, tournaments that I got to see when I first got here on Sunday evening. Let's start out with some numbers. Uh, This year's event now is the fifth largest main event of all time. The total number of uh, entries, 6,737. Started off on Saturday with 764. That's always the smallest day, but it was up a little bit from last year. Then on Sunday, day 1B, there were 1,733 players. That put them just under 2,500 and a long way to go to just reach last year's number of 6420. But they did it. The biggest single day of all time, 4,238 players, giving us a total of 6737 for this year's event. That means that first prize will be $8 million. There's over $63 million in prize money to be given away. Uh, the min cash will be 15000 once again, and they'll pay at least a 1,000 players or uh, maybe more, depending on how that all shakes out. But uh, looking forward to a tremendous tournament. Everybody who's anybody is here at the event this year, and that's what we'll do tonight. We'll uh, listen to interviews with a lot of players and uh, get some of their thoughts. A lot of it will just be kind of man-on-the-street interviews as we cruised around the Amazon room or Brasilia and talk to a lot of the players. And then there were a few bracelets given out uh, earlier in the week, and I talked to some of those winners as well. So we'll look at all that stuff tonight. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, We hope you'll stick around and uh, get some information. By the way, Chip Leader, after day one, as we head into the combined session of 2A and 2B, which is uh, returning players for day two from uh, Saturday and Sunday, uh, they are getting together today, and the chip leader is Gary Sewell. He has 312,000 chips. By the way, there's only four players over 250,000 chips. Uh, second place, Alvaro Lopez with 306, and Andrei Zaychenko is third, 292,000. But there's a lot of great players that had pretty solid first days. They started with 50,000 chips, and if you ended up with over 100,000, uh, pretty good showing, I would say. For the early going, uh, just give you an idea of how some of the earlier stars were doing. Uh, some of the players over 100,000 or right at 100,000. Jonathan Little is uh, right at the 100,000 mark. Uh, Gael Bowman, 126,000. And uh, from day 2B, which was uh, really a solid day for Johnny Chan, he had 160,000 coming out of the day. Greg Raymer did well. I talked to Greg and uh, did an interview with him that we might get a chance to hear later in this show or possibly later in the month. Uh, 116K for Greg. Chris Ferguson, Jesus Ferguson, a lot of people don't want him to do well, but he came out of it with 80,000. And some other uh, six-figure players include Melanie Wiesner with 177K, Vanessa Selbst with 133,000, The Magician, Antonio Esfandiari with 99,000, Anthony Zeno with 131,000, Gavin Griffin 144,000, And two-time last woman standing of the main event. I hope to get to talk with uh, Maria in the next couple of days. She has 102,000. So they're going at it today starting at 11 a.m. as I tape this uh, particular part of the show. And they will play all day today until about 12.30 a.m. tonight. First, though, I'd like to start out with the first event I got to see when I arrived here on Sunday evening. It was the final table of the $111,111 High roller for the big drop, uh, as the winner was Fedor Holtz. Uh, I've become a big fan of Fedor's. Of course, the 22-year-old poker prodigy has burst on the scene over the last year. Nice performance in last year's main event. And then in about the last six months, he's won more high roller tournaments 
then you could count on one hand. It's been uh, a tremendous role for the youngster from Germany, and he wins this event winning $4.9 million plus. Uh, it was a tremendous tournament, and head-to-head uh, -head he defeated Dan Smith, who's a highly respected poker pro. Uh, Dan won over $3 million for his 25th all-time cash in the WSOP. Uh, third place went to Korai Aldemir. Fourth was Jack Salter from London, and Brian Green from Texas finished in fifth place. Joe McKeon, last year's defending champion from the main event, who will... Uh, Tried to uh, come back and win back-to-back -back main events. He finished sixth in this tournament. But uh, it was great action and one of the final uh, live streams of the season for the WSOP. Great stuff and very exciting at the main table. Uh, I got a chance to talk to uh, a couple of other bracelet winners from late in the event, uh, events that ended after we did the show last week. And we'll hear from the winner of event 52, Andrew Lichtenberger, who won his first bracelet in the $3,000 No Limit Hold'em event. And very interestingly, less than a week later, it was Tony Dunst, the commentator from the World Poker Tour that won his first bracelet. Uh, both uh, Andrew and Tony were subjects of the great movie Bet, Raise, Fold as they were roommates living in Mexico playing online and trying to recover from Black Friday. So uh, very interesting that both these guys won their first bracelet. So we'll hear from Andrew in just a little bit. But let's start out with some comments from Fader Holtz, the winner of the Big Drop High Roller. Uh, nice kid, and this was part of a press conference after the event. And we'll also hear from Dan Smith uh, right after that. And check it out. Uh, Fader Holtz, the winner of the High Roller. This has been an incredible run of High Roller events. Uh, we haven't seen anything like that since maybe Mike Seidel a few years ago. You're so young. Do you realize that this is not that easy? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I mean, I've played a lot of online, so like... The I think um, then you understand the variance pretty well, and I know I'm just on a heater that will probably just happen once uh, to me at least. And um, yeah, I I just try to appreciate it and yeah enjoy my time while it lasts. Can you talk at all about uh, who you learned from as far as your behavior? Because you're you're such a young guy. You come over to the United States a year ago. You were just the the little guy with the glasses. Now here a year later, uh, you have that. Uh, confidence but not arrogance um, I have to credit that to all the players I play with like all, all in all these super high rollers because they teach you if you if you don't play well then they, they eat your life so um, I know it's just really nice you get in contact with all these people and they all have different skill sets and they're all like very skilled at what they're doing so you just pick up something from everyone like how they behave or how they look at you I mean just Timex himself teaches you so much about like how you should behave at the table and like I mean he intimidates a lot of people and I think all these little things you pick them up and try to implement it in your game. Is there anything else you feel like you want to accomplish in poker now? GPL no. championship? Yeah that, that's actually that's actually something I really enjoy that and uh, yeah let's let's hope we can win that one as well and yeah let's see. Uh, Dan, third in the other high roller, second here. I know that you feel terrible right now, but it's a huge accomplishment, and you gotta, you gotta. When you look back on it in a few days, it'll feel a little better. I think uh, pretty soon I'll be happy, and it's a ton of money, and I'm like thrilled with the results. It's a great week. Uh, right now, I mean, I'm just super competitive. I really wanted to win. I'm not sure about the eight nine call. Uh, I. I I thought it was close. I don't know. Um, still a great week, a ton of money. I don't want to downplay it, but like right now, I'm a little cranky. Will you uh, sit back and, and, and rehash some of those hands in the, over the next few days and take, take some time to do that? I am probably going to spend tonight drinking whiskey <laughs> and uh, thinking about some hands. And up until a point. I, but, uh, yeah, that's what I'll be doing tonight. Does it bother you at all that he goes in all in on with the uh, 7-8 and uh, you had a great hand paired up to 9? Uh, no, I never feel bad about getting my money in, in like in a clear spot and losing. It's the spots when I uh, when I call it off with like the eight nine, like I just said, that uh, keep me up at night. Uh, with the ace nine, my hand played itself. Uh, no, I have no regrets. Back for one C tomorrow, a main event. I mean, I was saying that like perhaps I wouldn't play, but I don't, I don't think my friends would let me skip it. Um, <laughs> I'll probably buy in late. 
You're on a roll. Keep it going. Yeah. I'll give it a go. Thank you. Cheers. With Andrew Lichtenberger, who uh, won his first bracelet now in golf and tennis. We hear all these things about best player never to win a major or something like that. So you had not won a bracelet, but you've won plenty of things, and you've proven yourself over the years. Was it concerning you at all that you hadn't collected that hardware? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say it was concerning me, but, you know, it's uh, an accolade that every poker player that plays tournaments professionally wants to achieve. So in that sense, you know, it was really gratifying to finally have that achievement. I feel very fortunate. And, yeah, it was it was an inspiring experience, and it's uh, only made me that much more excited uh, to play poker going forward in the future. One of the things maybe people didn't realize is uh, when we saw a bet raise fold, we know that you and Tony Dunst lived together. Uh, you were roommates for a while, and uh, that was such an interesting movie. And now here, a week after you win a bracelet, he comes and wins his first bracelet. <laughs> so it's been a great summer for uh, for friends. Yeah, it's really incredible. I was saying uh, earlier how I've had an amazing summer, and when your accomplishments are... Uh, somewhat pushed to the side by your friend's accomplishments. It's a great experience. <laughs> I have no qualms with that at all. <laughs> How about your friendship with uh, Fader, who just won the uh, the big drop high roller? Uh, you were in the picture. Uh, so are you pretty close with him, uh, good friends? Uh, I've gotten to know Fedor uh, better over just this last year as we've been playing the same high roller tournaments together. And, you know, it's, again, really inspiring seeing what he's done, uh, being so young, being so successful, um, being a positive voice in the game. And, yeah, I really respect him. And Dan, as well, has been one of my first poker friends. Uh, so, you know, in that sense, I was pulling for Dan, I guess, because I, I know him better. But <laughs> I just like seeing, uh, you know, uh, a fair game, good sportsmanship, good friendship, community. Like, the really important aspect that uh, everybody really aspires to have in their lives is what's important to me. I wouldn't want this all to be about Fedor, but uh, he's obviously made a splash in the last year. These high roller tournaments that he's winning seems like right and left every time we turn around. Uh, yet, I asked him up there about uh, the players he learned from, and he credited the guys he plays with, a lot of the people that were in that picture, that uh, he possesses kind of a confidence, but not, not rubbing people the wrong way, not an arrogance. So he's going to be a star in this game for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's really important to, uh, in one's uh, success in whatever they choose to do, to be very open-minded and allow yourself to be humbled by the experiences you have so in that sense anyone you play with has something that they can uh, share with you that can affect you positively even if it's something that you recognize you don't want to uh, you know employ in your game but in the sense that you're describing like yeah I mean I learn every time I play with uh, guys like Fedor, Dan, uh, all of these experts of the game and it's just fascinating to see how, over time, uh, the dynamics between players uh, change and evolve, and they employ aspects of maybe something that had defeated them in the past to defeat someone else in the future. <laughs> what is your plan for the main here? Uh, have you played yet? Are you playing tomorrow? What's going on with that? Uh, yeah, I'm going to play tomorrow. Okay. And coming off your first bracelet victory, all of a sudden, it, it seems like just another tournament, you know, and the main event is the main event, but... Uh, you had your big win here, and now is there any kind of letdown going into the main? Uh, no, not at all. I just I look at poker as like a it's it's a hand by hand basis. If you're present in the moment, you make good decisions. That's really the joy of it. And the circumstances that uh, in some cases involve winning are just seemingly a byproduct of making good decisions. Like I don't think about uh, I have the intention to win, but I don't actively think about uh, you know, winning the tournament while I'm making a decision because in that moment, all that's important is that I make the right choice to get me to the place where I can eventually have that experience of winning. Well, it's a long week and a half. We wish you the best. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. So those are some of the happenings from uh, my first night in Las Vegas this year at the 2016 World Series of Poker. As we had headed for the main event, got a chance to uh, watch one of my favorites, uh, Fader Holtz, win that tournament. And uh, this is an impressive young star that's on the way up. Uh, certainly uh, enjoyed watching that. Uh, one of the great stories of this year's World Series of Poker has been a good friend of the program, Jason Mercier, who's been on with us many times, local from South Florida, from Davie. And the great year that he's had, of course, a lot of excitement early in the tournament when it was revealed that he had a side bet with uh, with uh, Vanessa Selbst. 
that he would win three bracelets. And uh, as you'll hear in the upcoming interview that I did with him, he would, really didn't think he was going to win three bracelets, but uh, certainly used uh, this bet to drive him this year. And it's really come through with uh, wins in event 16 and event number 24. And uh, two bracelets very early in the first half of the event. Now, since then, he has not won another bracelet, and uh, it appears that it is unlikely that he will do so. But it did create a lot of excitement, and if that wasn't enough, uh, his girlfriend, Natasha Barber, finished in the $5,000 event number 59 in third place. She got knocked out at the final table, won $348,000, and if that wasn't enough, uh, Jason strided up on stage, got down on one knee, and presented her with a ring, asking her to marry him. She, of course, said yes, but that uh, created a lot of excitement as well. Now, uh, Jason had a slow first day with only 14,000 in chips uh, about uh, midway through the day. I uh, didn't get an exact number on how he finished, but uh, uh, doesn't appear that he would will make a deep run here unless he turns things around completely, which, of course, is not out of the realm of possibility. But I got a chance to uh, talk with Jason a little bit uh, just for a couple of minutes on a break. He was heading back and got a couple questions in to ask him about this year's event. Just here on a break for uh, day 1C, I found Jason Mercier. And Jason, it's been a tremendous series for you, more more ways than one. Uh, Let's start with your father being here and able to give you your bracelet. Yeah, uh, that was pretty awesome. Uh, It was just random that, uh, that he was even here. Uh, he was actually out here to uh, be interviewed for my pokerography for Broker Central. So, um, yeah, it was really cool that him and my mom were here um, just sort of randomly when I made the deep run in the horse event, and they were able to see me win that, uh, which was pretty awesome. And then, uh, you know, my dad was here for Father's Day and presented the bracelet to me. So the whole thing was was really cool and uh, was one of the highlights of the summer. The great prop bet with uh, Vanessa Selps, were you surprised that got so public? Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, like, well, honestly, I, I didn't really expect to win two bracelets, but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, things started uh, started getting crazy, I guess, after I won one. But, um, yeah, uh, I don't really want to comment too much okay. about it. Did you use that bet to drive you, though? Uh, definitely. I mean, I used that bet for a lot of things. I mean, the first, the most important thing... I think was that I used it to kind of give me motivation to make other bets. So I made a lot of other bets on winning two bracelets, winning one bracelet, and uh, just was focused on playing uh, as many tournaments as I could. Okay, last question. Uh, Congratulations on the engagement to Natasha. Yep. Uh, Did you have that planned uh, the whole time coming out here, and were you looking for the right spot, or did Um, it just decide when you got here? Well, I actually I decided to get a ring after I won the second bracelet. Um, I had the idea that it would be a perfect time if I actually was to win a third. Um, that didn't end up happening, but uh, so I was trying to figure out when exactly I was going to do it. The ring was kind of like burning a hole in my pocket, but uh, <laughs> it worked out really nicely when she made day four of the five k uh, the five k no limit. Um, you know, it was going to be a big score for her either way, no matter what happens. So. I figured uh, when she got knocked out or if she won the tournament, it would be a perfect time to do it. I know. Things are tough now. Good luck today. A chip in a chair, right? Yeah, chip in a chair. Exactly. <laughs> I have a lot of respect for that guy. He's uh, one of the nice kids in the game and uh, really one of the very best players having just the ultimate year here at the World Series of Poker in 2016. Uh, by the way, the winner of that event, 59, that Natasha came in third, was a, was a fellow from China named Alan Du. And he becomes the first uh, person from the People's Republic of China to win a WSOB bracelet event. So uh, the true world nature of this event and uh, uh, players from all over the world here uh, speaking in (laughs) dozens and dozens of different languages. It makes it very exciting and a lot of fun. We're heading for our first break here, but uh, when we come back, we'll take a look at how Day 1C, the biggest single day in the history of the World Series of Poker, got underway, give you a little bit of an idea and feel for the festivities. Uh, My conversations with a couple of bracelet winners, including Courtney Kennedy, the ladies' champion for this year, and uh, Doug Polk and Ryan Fee. Uh, who won the first ever tag team championship. Uh, Talk to them as well. So we'll hear some of that, and then we'll hear from plenty of other players as we move on here in the program. But before we hit the break, let's tell you about our friends at Gulfstream Park, which is, of course, located in Hallandale Beach, Florida. 
southern part of Broward County, just north of the Dade County line, over off uh, Federal Highway and Hallandale Beach Boulevard. Very easy to get to from all parts of South Florida and one of the great entertainment centers of South Florida with the best in horse racing from around the world. Uh, great stakes races pretty much every weekend throughout the winter season. Of course, now we're headed into the summer and a lot of great stuff going on over there. But besides that, they have a great poker room run by uh, Scott Poole, who does a great job over there. We have a lot of fun with Scott and uh, and having a lot of great conversations about what's happening in the world of poker. And I head over there and play in some occasional tournaments. Uh, they have nightly tournaments at 7 p.m., if you want information on what they're playing, how much it costs, how many chips you get, and all that sort of information, give a call to the Poker Desk at 954-457-6336. That's 954-457-6336. Gulfstream Park has the great racing, great dining uh, establishments, also great shopping, and, of course, uh, the great poker, which uh, we have a lot of fun, both Joe and I, heading over and playing there a good bit of the time. It's located at 901 South Federal Highway in Hallandale Beach. Check it out. Gulfstream Park. Welcome to your playground. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game. It was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Antigua and operated on the Internet as a state lottery by the government of the island nation of Antigua and Barbuda. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many online Texas Hold'em poker tables with a yet-to-be-determined chip stack. And like any lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes. If you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you could purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit. And much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined towards a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Antigua. And you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipsantigua.com. We believe that when it goes live in July that there will be a heavy demand for this game as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result and their odds of winning are greatly improved if they are able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us for the Play for Real game when it becomes available. This is the sound of salmonella gyrating on your undercooked chicken. And it looks like mom might be taking it out a little early. Don't let salmonella get funky with your chicken. On average, one in six Americans will get a foodborne illness this year. So use a thermometer to cook each type of meat to the right temperature. Keep your family safe at foodsafety.gov. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. little musical interlude we got things started on day 1c that was from the show rock of ages which plays nightly at the rio and then following that uh, brief bit of entertainment it was time to bring on the defending champion joe mckeon to get things started with a shuffle up and deal for day 1c but first a few words from ty stewart the executive director of the world series of poker and his introduction of joe mckeon He's now the most famous alumni from our WSOP circuit. But winning the main and breaking out didn't change his approach to things. And kind of quietly, what a year for the 2015 main event champ. He won the Bay 101 High Roller, 
final table, the big WPT Borgata Winter Open for a quarter million. Came second, PCA Super High Roller for another 1.2. Had a couple six-figure scores at the Aria over the summer, and just yesterday had to get beat ace high flush, the king high flush to get knocked out of our one drop for another 860,000. So much for these main event champions being donkeys. Just let it sink in for a second. This is the same guy in the space of a year, ran super deep in our least expensive and biggest event, the Colossus, and came back and ran super deep in our most expensive event, the one drop. That is a poker player. Whatever the stakes, whatever the competition, wherever the game fan spread, this dude just crushes it. He's outspoken, he's honest, he's smart, he's the epitome of a poker player. And at 25 years old, he's someone that we're going to be hearing about for many years to come. So I'm excited to introduce a fellow Pennsylvanian. Not so excited, he was born the year I graduated Penn State. But ladies and gentlemen, your 2015 World Series of Poker Champion, Mr. Joe McKeon. No matter how you approach this tournament, it only happens once a year. So, enjoy your run. Have as much fun as you possibly can. And hopefully we'll see you all here next year. So the action got underway, but that gave me just a few minutes to talk to a couple of the bracelet winners from the previous days, receiving their hardware on stage. The ladies' champion, Courtney Kennedy, the first black woman to win a bracelet in 33 years since Carolyn Gardner did it uh, back in 1983. She won the ladies' event uh, earlier in the week, and then I got to also talk to the tag team champions, uh, Ryan Fee and Doug Polk. And they spent a couple of minutes uh, telling me what they're doing. Those guys have just started a brand new teaching, poker teaching site called Upswing Poker. And I talked to them about that. And, of course, the very fun event, event that everybody loved and had a great time, the Tag Team Championship. I'm with Courtney Kennedy here right after the bracelet ceremony. And uh, congratulations, first of all. I'm a big supporter of women in poker. And every time it gets recognized, it brings more women into the game. It's a great thing for poker. Absolutely. And, and hopefully, you know, the women that have played, maybe some people get deterred and different things going on. You know, it gets stressful. It's hard work. But when you enjoy it and you stay with it, it's well worth the benefit. So I've been playing for several years and haven't had any real caches. And so this is going to motivate me even to keep going and know that I can be successful for you're a dealer up in Detroit, so you're kind of like one of those people that uh, is behind the scenes and really doesn't want to be recognized, because if you are, then maybe you did something wrong. Right. What's this like for you to get this kind of recognition? It's going to be crazy. I've been getting all kind of texts and calls and everything from people back at home, so uh, hopefully they still tip me when I get back as a dealer and not think that I'm supposed to retire. <laughs> it's, it's an outstanding accomplishment. We uh, saw Carolyn, who uh, won the bracelet 33 years ago, the first black woman to win a uh, gold gold bracelet in the World Series of Poker. Um, it shouldn't be that long in between, should it, to the um, next one? Hopefully not. Uh, apparently there's a small percentage that even played this year, so hopefully more African Americans get into it and not fear it for the fear of other professional women or men the like. It should just be open for everybody. Not to put you on the spot, but obviously we're going through a time in this country where race is right in the forefront of all the media and everything. Uh, do you feel any need to speak out on some social issues because you now have a little bit of a forum? Um, I really haven't gotten off into politics. I try to stick to my my own kind of personal way, but um, not, I'm not really into the whole hoopla as it is. It's because it is messy, and unfortunately it's kind of getting worse. So hopefully everything irons out and we can live together as a common people. That's there's a lot of countries, this is what I do feel, that a lot of countries don't have the chaos we have. So it would, it would be great if somehow whoever leader we have, whatever president we have, that we get to a point where we start to love each other and stop hating and hurting each other. And that's, that's what we need. It's great for nice people to get recognized, and uh, we just all got to love each other, really. Right, and that's, that's where I'm at. When you start to love each other again, the race and all of those things don't matter. You just, you just be nice people. Thank you very much. Thank you.
Okay, just cruising around on day 1C, got dropped by the bracelet uh, ceremonies, Doug Polk, Ryan Fee, in the tag team event, which proved to be unbelievably popular. What? How'd you guys decide to get into it as a team? Well, we thought it would be a cool promotion for Upswing when we first heard about it, but we weren't sure exactly what we were going to do. Uh, and then I think a day or two before the event, Doug was like, all right, come on, we got to get in there. Just one, just one. You only have to play half the tournament. Um, so we, like, hopped in and, like, went decent. So how did you decide who was going to break it up, which, which was going to play when? Well, we really tried to base it around our lives. That's actually the best part about a tag team is you're not forced to play on their schedule. You know, you can yeah. take a little breather. And Pete tends to get up a little earlier than me, so day two he did the morning session. I went in for the, for the, evening, the evening grind. But, you know, really we just mixed it up a lot, and just whoever was feeling good went in there, went in there to play. Weren't you playing in another event at the time? I was actually playing the one drop while we were at the final table making me the first person in the history of the World Series of Poker to not be in attendance for the victory of the bracelet. Doug, Doug played three hands heads up, but man, did they count. Yeah. Man, did they count. That's an expensive uh, multi-tabling task, huh? That, for sure, for yeah. sure. Tell me real quick about upswing poker and what the plan is for that. So right now, we, we're taking a very different approach with coaching. We're trying to do more of like a course. You know, we start at the bottom, really build up fundamentals, pre-flop, post-flop. We're, you know, if you look at kind of the way coaching sites work for the last 10 years, it's been the card runner's model. You just throw a ton of videos in, and people are just like kind of, you know, pick them out, right? But we wanted a more step-by-step guide to learn, and we're kind of more focusing on, you know, recreational players or small-stakes players or new players. And uh, for the time being, that's kind of where we're spending our, our focus and our energy. You're known as a real high-stakes game player. Um, you're also known for playing a computer. True. Uh, well, this... I actually just got a call from them today. They wanted to do another match against, right? against Claudico, but wow. not totally sure if I'm going to be doing it. It was that was a grind. Um, I played against the CMU computer right. AI team, and uh, they had a poker program, of course. And you know, we we beat it last year, but this year I'm sure I'll be back and stronger than ever. Which do you want to be known for? <sighs> Which would I rather be the, 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 the bracelet or the uh, playing a computer? I think I'd rather be known for the bracelet because that <laughs> comes with a bit more money too. <laughs> and the obvious question, you guys will be back to defend next year? Probably, yeah. Like Again, not big on tournaments, but, like, yeah, I mean, like, this was fun. I went to play half of it, and I'm here to rock some defense. And, you know, honestly, like, it, it was great because we, did, we logged the whole thing on Snapchat. I would just, like, tell a dealer to hold up, and i just, like, rec- hit the record button, and, like, they would be, like, firing out cards, and I'm, like, trying to get it on my Snapchat. Um, if anyone wants to follow me there, my Snapchat's WCG Writer. I'm sure I'm going to continue to log more hours at the tables. Okay, congratulations, guys. Thank you very much. Thank okay. you. Always great to get a chance to talk to new poker players, new faces that uh, have had great success, and a chance to congratulate them in person on collecting what is probably the top prize in poker, a World Series of Poker bracelet. Uh, So that was uh, Polk and Fee, the tag team champions, Courtney Kennedy, who was the ladies' champion. Talked to plenty of other people, and we'll get to some more of that over the next few weeks. Had some great interviews, including... Uh, a couple over at a seminar by the Poker Players Alliance and Poker Stars, which talked about a lot of the online legal uh, wranglings that are happening and the possibility of Pennsylvania coming online with online poker soon. A lot of great information and some great interviews that I did there, including one with Jason Somerville, uh, one of the most interesting guys in poker, and also Fatima Marrera de Mello, who is from uh, the Netherlands and is a former Olympian uh, uh, field hockey champion, and uh, she kind of broke out at last year's series with her interesting and cute personality, and I spoke with her as well. We'll get to some of those probably probably not tonight, tonight's show, probably later in the week, but if we have a chance, we'll get to it uh, toward the end of the program, but I will bring you some interviews on what's going on in day two, uh, day one B, uh, I'm sorry, day, day two A and two B is a combined effort uh, taking place on Tuesday, And then on Wednesday, right before I depart town, we'll be 2C, and then we'll be down to the first day that the whole field that's left gets together in day three. So it should be a lot of fun. So I'll have some more interviews when we come back, but uh, let's tell you about our friends at Gulfstream Park who are located in Hallandale Beach and a great place in South Florida, one of the jewels of entertainment in South Florida, certainly. Uh, Highly recommend that you go there if you haven't been. Play some poker. Go bowling at Strike 10, go have a great meal, do some shopping. There's so much you can do at Gulfstream Park. It's just a great place located in one of the beautiful areas of South Florida, just north of Aventura in the Hallandale Beach area. 
It's located on South Federal Highway. 901 South Federal is the address. And you certainly can't miss it because the Village of Gulfstream Park is located out in front. Lots of great stuff there. They have great uh, slot tournaments and other uh, slot promotions in their uh, casinos. And also uh, great poker tournaments nightly at uh, 7 p.m. and cash games throughout the day. They're open 24 hours a day on the weekends and uh, until 4 a.m. on the weekdays. So plenty of time to get out there. They reopen again the next morning at 10 a.m., except for the weekends when they go all the way around the clock. But uh, certainly a great place to play poker and a lot of place, uh, a lot of lot of stuff there to have fun with, including horse racing, shopping, dining, and all the rest. It's Gulfstream Park. Uh, if you want information on what's happening in the poker room, what kind of games they're spreading, uh, what kind of tournaments they have, what the buy-ins are, how many chips you get, anything you want to know about the poker room, just give the desk a call at 954-457-6336. That's 954-457-6336. Located in Houndell Beach here in South Florida. It's Gulfstream Park. Welcome to your playground. This is Poker Action Live. Hi, this is Big Dave. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Antigua and operated on the Internet as a state lottery by the government of the island nation of Antigua and Barbuda. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many online Texas Hold'em poker tables with a yet-to-be-determined chip stack. And like any lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes. If you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit. And much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined towards a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Antigua. And you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipsantigua.com. We believe that when it goes live in July that there will be a heavy demand for this game as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result and their odds of winning are greatly improved if they are able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us for the Play for Real game when it becomes available this year. Tuesday nights on WFO Radio are all about Nitro. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the live edition of NHRA Tuesday Nitro. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally every Tuesday night following NHRA national events. Tony Schumacher. Tony, welcome back. Love being on the show because it usually meant that we did something absolutely amazing. NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime at WFORadio.com. Welcome back to the show. Final segment of the program. Big Dave Lemon at the Rio in Las Vegas, Nevada. The Amazon Room in particular, as the players just came back on a mass stampede from the first break of the day on 2C. Let's look at a few numbers of the, the event. First of all, as I mentioned earlier, 6,737 was the total number of players with a huge uh, day 1C with 4,240 to push it up to that big number. The fifth largest field for a main event in WSOP history. Out of that 67-37, about 25% of the field was eliminated on day 1, which brought back a little over 5,000 players. Day 2AB, the combined uh, returnees from Flight A and Flight B of the opener, came back yesterday they started with 800 i'm sorry 1848 players and uh whittled it down to 770 uh day 2c has a very big field today uh 3226 and uh, after the first break i don't have exact numbers but uh certainly should be very interesting along the way uh leading the field on day 2 C is Adam Cratch. He's up to, let's see, a little under 400,000 chips. If 
you want to look back at yesterday, and uh, the chip leader was Valentin Vornicu from San Diego, California. Finished today with a very nice chip stack, uh, 838,600 chips, which is uh, a couple hundred thousand over the closest competitors. So a big chip lead after day two. Of course, everybody that gets through the day today up until 12.30 tonight will join that field. We'll see if someone can pass Valentin, but it looks pretty good to hang on to that lead. A lot of big-name players still involved. Uh, saw Daniel Negreanu had a big crowd around his table, uh, but he really wasn't uh, doing all that well. I don't think it's going to be a Cinderella story for Kid Poker this year, but we'll see what happens. Uh, they'll reach the money bubble on Friday sometime around level 17 or 18, so playing down to that big uh, day that everybody knows that they'll collect at least $15,000 and uh, make it a worthwhile trip to the main event this year. I talked to a lot of players today, had a chance to speak with Chris Moneymaker uh, coming down the hall as uh, he was headed to start today's action, and we'll save that interview for next week. We'll get it on the program, but uh, also talked with Mike Sexton and Tony Dunst from the WPT. Tony won his first gold bracelet this year and is having a great day today. He started with around 100,000 chips, and after the first break, he was up to about 265, so a uh, good start to the day for Tony Dunst, but a big series for him as he cashed. Uh, his first gold bracelet in event number 63. We talked with Tony before today's action. Okay, we're getting underway in 2C in just a few minutes. Uh, Tony Dunst on the way in wins his first WSOP bracelet. Congratulations, thanks. first of all. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Um, just happy to be here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I kind of wonder, you know, I mean, there's probably people that email you and things all the time and pick on you and say, Especially if you criticize them mm -hmm. and say, what have you ever done, you know? Right, right, and, right. and I mean, you've won things, of course, but this is kind of a milestone for you. Yeah, well, um, mostly I get angry tweets, as, uh, <laughs> as what I get now. Uh, but uh, fortunately, I think that uh, I've been around the industry long enough that, that most people know it's pretty tongue-in-cheek. And uh, yeah, you know, this is, this is definitely, uh, how would you put it? Um, a milestone? Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's certainly the biggest win that I've had. Yeah. It's just the biggest one. Okay. Quite I thought it was so interesting, yeah. and a lot of people haven't realized this, but uh, Lucky Chewy won his first yeah. bracelet as well. You yeah. won a week later. You and guys were roommates. Roommates. In, uh, Ryan D'Angelo was in that same house. He won one earlier this I summer. That. Dan Smith came just so yeah, close. Second. second and a third this summer. Second so. to Fader. Yeah, a couple of years ago that summer would have really been, uh, that, that house would have been really tearing up the summer. Um, this year, I'm just happy to see so many guys that I spent serious time with in poker, uh, you know, also find their success here at the Rio. Yeah, you've had great success on TV, and and people love the pieces that you do. Mm -hmm. um, does anybody take some of that stuff and maybe beat you on a hand with something? Maybe you, uh, you ever run well, into that where someone said, "I saw you do this piece, and, and I used that against you"? No, no, nobody's ever said anything like that. And I think that, you know, if they were smart enough to really do their homework and take something that I said during a segment and then plan it for, like, months in advance and we finally met each other at a table and then we put a hand together where they could somehow incorporate that, they would probably keep it to themselves. Okay. Best of luck today. You're off to a good start. Uh, mm -hmm. Any goals for, like, today, what you're going to try to do? No, no real goals. It's a very slow, deep tournament, of course. So it's the kind of thing where, like, I was looking at it last night. I could finish with the exact stack that I have right now and have over 40 blinds. Mm -hmm. And I'm not one of the chip leaders or anything like that. Right. So I mean, this is an incredibly slow tournament. I, uh, I'm not going to try and push myself to reach a certain amount of chips or anything like that. I'm just going to go ahead and do my thing. Okay. Well, good luck with the WPT season. And better, well, good luck here. Thanks very much. Okay. Thanks. See you later. Appreciate it. Thanks. So Tony doing very well. A lot of the other players uh, that you may love or hate, uh, let's give you some status on some of those. Let's start with the latter. Uh, obviously, Howard Letterer and uh, Jesus Ferguson are both uh, pariahs in this uh, group of people for uh, the feelings of many. Uh, both played yesterday in day 2AB and both got knocked out along the way. Uh, I know that Howard Letterer joined the table of Danielle Anderson, who we've had on the show before. And Danielle, of course, uh, one of the subjects of the movie, Bet, Raise, Fold, and discussed how uh, her great career for online poker really took a blow with Black Friday. And she tweeted out a few stories about how she actually confronted Howard Letterer at the table, uh, saying, why are you here? Uh, do you know how people feel about you? And that sort of thing. 
And he just shrugged it off and said, well, there's nothing I can do about it now. And uh, a lot of people haven't physically confronted him, but uh, a lot of people making their comments known to him uh, around the table. So uh, they both got knocked out yesterday. Some other South Florida players just ran into Noah Schwartz, uh, Abby Daniels, uh, the Mizraki brothers, uh, all four of them made it to day two. Uh, Donnie was knocked out early in the day today, so we'll keep an eye on some of them as we move along in today's action. Uh, some past champions uh, in day two, including uh, Ryan Reese, Greg Merson, uh, Martin Jacobson, I believe, is still alive. And uh, taking a look at some of those guys and how they're doing in the action today. So uh, play moves along. Uh, we meet a lot of interesting people, obviously, people that we've uh, met before in the past in our uh, travels around the poker world. Uh, I talked to uh, one young lady that uh, uh, I got to know down at the Seminole Hard Rock a couple tournaments ago, uh, Lizzie Harrison, who uh, also works for the Poker Players Championship Tour, PPC Aruba, uh, with our good friend Sandy and Brian. And uh, right now she's on hiatus from that group as uh, some of their tournaments uh, are on a bit of a lull, I believe, right now. But uh, uh, we talked with Lizzie. She has some uh, interesting stuff that she's been working on. She worked for Ultimate Poker, the first online site that was uh, online here in Nevada. And uh, she is now also working as a freelance person for uh, Poker Productions, which puts on the WSOP shows that ESPN carries on Tuesday nights. And she works in the features department, which is really some great work. Uh, the stuff that they do is just really carries the programs and makes it so entertaining. Anyway, I got a chance last night to talk to Lizzie Harrison. Here she is. Talking with Lizzie Harrison here out by the bar in between uh, uh, breaks of the main event, day two. Are you playing the main at all? I'm not playing the main because I'll be working for Poker Productions doing features. So, unfortunately, I can't. I really, really wanted to because, obviously, I had a pretty nice summer. It's the first summer I ever played, really more than one event, but maybe next year. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about. You've been a member of the media. That's how I met you. You worked for uh, Ultimate Poker, which, unfortunately, met its demise, but uh, got things started as far as online poker goes. Uh, and now I see you're playing all the time and doing pretty well. How do you make that transition? Um, I didn't plan for the transition. I was doing some consulting with Ustake, and they were encouraging me, along with many others, to put packages up on the site, and so I figured, why not? You know, last year I sold one tournament on the site. They were brand new in beta-beta. This year they were a little bigger, so I put up five at 1.2, which I was a little embarrassed about, and then... Uh, sold out, and I ended up cashing a couple times, so it worked out pretty nicely. Terrific. I know that you uh, work with good friends of mine, uh, Sandy Schwartzbaugh and Brian Olton on the PPC tour. Um, they really have found their niche as kind of, uh, you know, up-and-coming young players, getting a chance to play like the big boys, but, uh, you know, on their own level, and it's worked out pretty well for them. Definitely, yeah. The PPC is an awesome tour, and it's been a lot of fun to watch it grow and become a part of it. How about your experience with the Ultimate Poker? Uh, you know, it was really kind of you know, I, I, maybe some good and bad, I'm sure, uh, with the way things went, but uh, certainly a learning experience for online poker for you. Absolutely. I've worked in online gaming for almost a decade now. Wow, I'm dating myself. But I worked eh, for Full Tilt from 2009 until the end. And so it was nice to see some of the good people I knew from online gaming take a stand and start over at Ultimate. I, we got Joe Versace from PokerStars. It's a big reason I went over there because I really respect him and I thought would, he, I could learn a lot from him, and I did. Unfortunately, some of the other people involved weren't as in tune with the industry, and it didn't work out. But it paved the way. What do you want to do with your playing? You want to take it to the next level and uh, get out of the media and just be a full-time professional? I don't think so. Playing no. poker is hard. Playing that summer solstice event with those 90-minute levels, three 12-hour days, the most poker I've played in eight or nine years. Definitely the longest I've ever played a tournament, like three 12-hour days. I was in physical pain. It was not super fun. Um, I mean, it was fun. It was it was awesome. Don't get me wrong. To go that deep and get to do the redraw at 27, I never got to three-table redraw. But I recognize that it is actually a job, and it's not going to be my full-time endeavor. But I could definitely see myself playing a little more in the future. Ustake makes it really easy, and uh, I have people clamoring for action. And now that you've done all these things in the business, it's certainly 
gives you a look at what the other side is like and, and really probably is great for your experience. Absolutely, yeah. I, um, I'm a big fan of having a steady income, so I don't think I'd do well as a tournament poker player. <laughs> what about uh, the features? Tell me a little bit about that. You're working with uh, Poker Productions, which puts on these shows on ESPN, the Tuesday night shows, and one of the things they've always done so well is the features. So now you're stepping into that. Uh, certainly you have some big shoes to fill. Well, yeah, I've actually been doing that for a few years now. This, this is my fifth summer, I think. Don't working quote me on them? that with them, yeah. Okay. Uh, 11, 12, 13. This is my sixth summer working with them. My goodness. And I started out doing some of the game day stuff and then moved into features because that's a good niche for me. I know the players really well. I have good relationships. And I'm able to, you know, bond with other people too. I'm a pretty decent networker. So it works out. And you have to work hard at it because not every year do you have a Daniel DeGrande running to 11th place, which is a story on its own. But, uh, right. You yeah, know. you definitely have to snip it out and... You have to like be on Twitter and get on to 2 plus 2 and Pocket 5, see what's going on, find the real stories. Well, you found your niche in the business all over the place, really. And, I mean, congratulations. Uh, uh, good luck with the playing as you move forward with that. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Okay, I've moved out into the hallway outside the Amazon ballroom here in the Rio. As we wind things up for another program, uh, I'd like to fit in one more interview and... Uh, we will, again, save some of the others that we have taped for future shows. A lot of really interesting stuff. Chris Moneymaker and uh, I think Jen Shahadi, a few others uh, that we will carry next week. Fatima Marrera de Mello and a few that I will probably end up getting this afternoon before I get out of here uh, in the morning tomorrow. But we are approaching the halfway point of day 2C. Still uh, a very fluid situation. I'll get to some chip counts of players involved there now. But let's start out with uh, players from yesterday, day 2A and B, that have moved into day 3, so they know that they're good for tomorrow. By the way, uh, Thursday's action, when they uh, resume with the first day of the entire field playing together in the couple of different ballrooms, uh, has been moved to 12 noon. They were originally set to start at 11 a.m. Players were complaining today, especially those playing today, that uh, are slated to go until 12.30 tonight, that it was too short of a turnaround for them to get back and start playing at 11 a.m. And uh, it was discussed among the powers that be on the WSOP, and they decided to move it back to 12 noon. So that didn't make everybody happy, but uh, certainly the majority of people who were unhappy about the early start are feeling a little bit better about it, and they'll get underway with TV action, uh, the coverage of the feature table and and all the uh, taped interviews and, and uh, you know, action of tables on the outer tables will take place beginning tomorrow, and those will eventually be put together for the WSOP shows, the Tuesday night shows, as I like to call them, uh, that will air later in the year. But let's take a look at some people who have moved into day three. Obviously, the chip leader, uh, Valentin Vorniku, has uh, 838,000 chips, so that is definitely a huge lead. The second uh, place uh, fellow is about 250,000 chips back. Alvaro Lopez, who led after day one, uh, one of the chip leaders of day one, uh, is in third place in that group, 586,000. So quite a discrepancy and a big lead for Vorniku, who will go into day three most likely is the leader. I don't know. Maybe someone today will surpass that, but we'll wait and see. Some of the players you might want to know how they're doing or uh, who has advanced. Maria Ho has 435,000 chips. Uh, Mark Kroon, who uh, good friends of the PPC guys, Sandy and Brian, 375K. Dietrich Fast is at 359K headed into day three. Uh, Antonio Esfandiari, 327,000 chips. And uh, Jen Shahadi has uh, 264. I did an interview with Jen, and we'll, uh, we'll probably use that next week. Just It was real short, but uh, uh, she's a very interesting person who has uh, been in the field of chess for many years and uh, taken some of those skills and applied them to poker and done very well. Uh, some of the people who are into day three with uh, smaller chip stacks have a lot of work ahead of them. Players like Vanessa Selbst, who has just 55,000 chips, took a bad beat at the end of the night and dropped down to 55K. Jake Schindler, uh, local from South Florida, 56K. And uh, Jason Somerville, 62,000 chips, a lot of work ahead of him, but he's had a great summer. Uh, all the tremendous work that Jason has done to promote the game of poker with Run It Up, and also uh, his stuff on Twitch, which is, uh, 
has an absolute huge following. Uh, I talked to Jason about a couple of those things, also the future of online poker, which he is fighting hard for. Let's hear what Jason had to say in our conversation on Monday. Okay, uh, with uh, Jason Somerville, and uh, we're talking about online poker today, obviously representing uh, poker stars in New Jersey. Um, things are going great there. Things are going great in Nevada. Well, we did lose uh, Ultimate, but... Uh, Rest in peace, Ultimate yeah, Poker. Absolutely. At least they, <laughs> I know much about that. We can talk about that if you want. They kind of set the standard there, but uh, let's start there first. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of things happening, but we just seem to be treading water all over the rest of the country. You see something happening in the next uh, year or so? Well, I mean, obviously Pennsylvania is on the cusp. Yeah, you know, it's definitely a longer process than I think people want it to be. I think, you know, we We've seen progress made in New Jersey, having the market grow. We've seen poker stars come into the market, and the market has grown, not shrunk. You know, we've seen general progressions in many states. It's got we passed the assembly in uh, or the Senate. We passed the Senate in New York. I, I think we're seeing progress made, but it's slow. You know, it's not as fast as all of us immediate gratification people want it to be. So I think we're still probably a few years away from having you know three more states on board. But I like I say all the time, I, I think it won't take more more than a couple of big states joining up for it to be a, a snowball effect and things will change massively. You know, it won't, it won't take that many more states coming on board, running the regulations to, to change things. Everybody's important, but uh, California, I've said on my show repeatedly, if we could just get California, yeah. ball game over. We, we're moving forward. Completely agree with you on that. You know, California is like the, if you made it into its own country, it would be like the sixth biggest economy in the world or something. So California by itself would change the game, never mind if it's plus other states and whatever else. So uh, we've, you know, I spent some time last year advocating out there, meeting lawmakers, and getting a sense of what was going on. And it was, it was eye-opening to meet with tribal leaders, uh, hearing about union issues, you know, just getting a sense of uh, the different interest, interests at play in California. And it's a mess, you know. Hopefully something happens to, to progress that, uh, the, the quagmire right now in California. Every year we get closer, a little closer. Eventually it's going to happen. Will it be this year? I hope so. And I'm willing to do anything I can do to make that happen, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> You've been such a leader in uh, social networking and uh, uh, Twitch, which people have said, this is the future of poker, and really you've grabbed the bull by the horns and just done that and been a leader in that business. You really have. Thank you. Uh, where is that progressing to? What's the next step for that? You know, it's amazing. Twitch poker really only began a year and a half ago, maybe almost two years now, when I started with them in 2014. So in a short period of time, Twitch poker has exploded. Now we have all these amazing poker wizards like Vanessa Selps and Elky and Doug Polk, all these guys who are brilliant geniuses coming to Twitch, sharing their information with, with fans. And it's been great, I think, to rekindle a lot of love in poker fans that poker on TV kind of died off and they stopped playing so much. I think Twitch has really grabbed a lot of players who lost their love for poker and has also exposed the game to many younger generation that never saw poker on ESPN that were, you know, 13 or 12 or 10 years old when that was happening and now are seeing it on Twitch and they're like, oh, what is this game? I must answer what a button is or what an ante is more than any other human on planet Earth. But that's great. You know, I love that. I want to bring people like that into the game to show that my poker is a beautiful, fun, interesting mind sport. And uh, I think it's been great to kind of lead the way on Twitch and engage and interact with all these fans. You know, we've had something like three or four million lines of chat in the last year and a half. People love the game. They love not to just watch, but to talk and watch with me and to experience the joys and the highs and lows of poker together. It's really a beautiful and amazing platform. Uh, as far as... Uh, I kind of lost my train of thought. Uh, Twitch is a beautiful thing. <laughs> I'm just talking about that. Oh, teaching. Um, yeah. You know, there are people out there that say... I'm not going to help this guy or that guy because he might come back and beat me with something I teach him. Sure. But that's just not looking at the big picture. You've been uh, one of the big teachers out there and a proponent of it and uh, been successful. And really it's made you, uh, given you some notoriety because of it. Uh, absolutely. You know, I've always loved teaching ever since I taught karate when I was in my teens. That was the only job I ever had. I taught karate for seven years and I learned a lot of tactics dealing with three to five-year-olds that were a little rowdy that I also used with Twitch chat. So, uh, you know, it's been uh, uh, definitely a great journey for me from starting out making videos to give back to my home forum that I learned a lot from when I started playing poker and then doing training videos.
videos with Daniel Negreanu on PokerBT, and then eventually moving to YouTube, where I started running it up a few years ago. And now we are here on Twitch, and uh, I think, yeah, you have to give away something. I'm definitely giving away information, because I'm being honest. I'm never, I'm never not making the action that I would normally make, so I'm being honest with my thought process and things like that, and I'm sure I've lost an edge in the game. Like, if I had been silent, I'm sure I would be a better, better in any tournament than I would be had I not, you know, had I not given this information away. But I think, excuse me, for the game, both as a net, I think it's been good for the game. We've got a lot of players into the game. We've rekindled love for the game. We've shown people things they might not have thought about and just kept the game alive. I mean, if you hadn't had guys like Doyle Brunson write Super System and all the other books and material throughout the years, those have kept poker sustained, I think, to some extent. They've kept poker alive in some, some, some degree. So I think Twitch is just the next extension of that. Okay. Uh, this series hasn't particularly been one of your best, I guess. Uh... Honestly, this, this whole series has been very unique for me because I came into this World Series planning on not playing Nolan and Holden very much at all. And I really haven't. This was my first summer where I've played mixed games. So even though I haven't made any final tables, I have a 16th in the 10K horse. I'm very proud of that. I played with Nick Shulman for three days straight and survived. Uh, almost. So, you know, uh, I came into this summer looking to play all the games I didn't really know very well. Very well. And uh, to that, I had a lot of fun. I really enjoyed all those games that I played. I mean, my resume this summer, I didn't even make a dinner break at a Nolan Holden event, but I made uh, 16th in the 10K horse, 17th in the 3K limit Hold'em, 24th in the 8 game, 26th in the uh, mixed Omaha event. You know, and these are all disciplines that I am not an expert in and really kind of tried to figure out as I was going. And I had a blast in all those events. You know, poker's supposed to be fun after all. What are we doing if not having fun? And I had a lot of fun this summer, which is the most important thing. Are you live in the main? Yep, still live in the main. I made day two with uh, about starting stack. I have like 46K or something. So we'll see how that goes. It only takes one to turn it around. Yeah, my summer has been great. I have no complaints. Uh, you know, people have won money for me, which is even better. So uh, I've had a good summer. I'm not complaining. Okay, best of luck, and uh, maybe we'll see you in Florida in August. I would love to come to Florida. I always have a great time every time that I'm there, so okay. we'll see. Okay, good luck. For sure. So that's going to wind things down for the program. A pretty full show, I must say, and I uh, hope you have enjoyed it tonight. Uh, we are not even halfway through day 2C. Such a long way to go in this tournament, uh, but uh, players have been eliminated, uh, and uh, you know there's some of them that we will not see on the TV broadcasts uh, when it comes around this fall. Uh, kind of disappointing that uh, some of your favorites may be knocked out already, but uh, a lot of the favorites are still in. Just to give you an idea... And this is, of course, a very fluid situation. Things are changing by the moment, and uh, by the time we get to the dinner break, uh, some of these chip counts can be completely different. In fact, some of these players will be gone by then, and some of them will have moved way up the list. But Joseph Chong, uh, last check, was at 290,000 chips, although he's had aces cracked three times today, according to a tweet that he sent out. So uh, that's pretty unbelievable that he easily could be uh, a chip leader by now if he'd had a little bit of luck going his way. Some of the other players, uh, the grinder's still in there at 179K. Lucky Chewy, who we talked to earlier in the show tonight, um, is at 172. Andrew Lichtenberger, uh, former champion Ryan Reese, still alive at 165. I saw Joe McKeon. He was right around the 100,000 mark, still playing. And by the way, he's at the same table with Natasha Barber. Uh, Jason uh, Mercier's fiance. I actually uh, got a close-up look at the wedding, the engagement ring, and it's a beauty, believe me. Uh, some of the other South Florida players still uh, doing very well. Noah Schwartz around 155k. D Fish is at 150. Muckle Pahuja 132. Uh, some of our other favorites that have been on the program. Will the Thrill Fiella is right around 100k, so he's doing well. And Fader Holtz, uh, last check was at 99,000. So uh, Fader also doing well. Phil Hilm is still alive at 95K. Uh, Daniel Negranu, I believe, got knocked out. He was pretty short last time I saw him. So uh, I think he was uh, possibly getting ready to head out the door. I'll look at the list here and see some of the people that uh, will give you some of the people who have been knocked out. Uh, let's see. Barry Greenstein is out. Kate Hall has been eliminated. Scotty Wynn. Uh, John Dolan, Gavin Smith, Byron Coverman. These people are all out of the tournament today. Dan Smith, Vanessa Russo, and uh, as I mentioned earlier, Daniel Mizraki is out of the tournament. A uh, few others who just recently got eliminated. Let's see if we can update that list for you. Uh, Candace Collins, Tommy Vitas, and Eric Seidel. Uh, all out of the tournament just very recently this afternoon. So uh, that's going to kind of do it for the show. 
Um, really appreciate you joining us, and it's been a long week. i got to go get some lunch. Uh, I'm headed out to, to uh, uh, Guy Fieri's restaurant here in the hotel. It's called, I think, Baracho Burrito or something like that. Anyway, some Mexican food for me to, on tap this afternoon. I've been out here four days, and it's been a great time, and uh, I've recorded a lot of stuff for the show. So I've enjoyed myself uh, back in the studio next week down in South Florida, and I believe Joe will be out of town again, so we'll work on getting a guest host, uh, possibly someone who's been out here for uh, six or seven weeks or maybe a shorter period. I'm going to give Michael Tate a call and see if he can uh, step in and and do the show with me. So uh, we hope you'll join us next week, but we'll have interviews with uh, Chris Moneymaker, uh, plenty plenty of other people. We'll look forward to uh, doing a big show for you as well next week. And then Joe will be back in the studio as we move toward the Seminole Hard Rocks, a big event down in South Florida, Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open. They're going to do the Big Four again this year, and uh, that will be covered by Poker Night in America and will be televised later in the year. So uh, that's always a huge tournament, a $5 million guarantee for that main event and uh, play the other big tournaments surrounding it as well. So that's going to do it for the show. All our thanks to the extra work from our uh, technical crew uh, led by Gio Ochoa. And uh, all our thanks to everybody who took the time to speak with us a few words. I had a few people blow me off, so, you know, it keeps you humble, I'll tell you what. Anyway, good time out here at the Rio in Vegas, and uh, I'll be back in South Florida later in the week. Look forward to seeing you next week on another edition of Poker Action Live. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.